Are you ready to get peculiar? Frozen in fear, or just no? It's like in the anime when like a person gets a, like a bad joke and they oh, just yeah, freeze so to death out in outer yeah. space. It's really a '90s thing, isn't it? They don't really do that anymore. I certain yeah. anime tropes. I've mm-hmm. been watching Nana, and one of the, my favorite ones is the one where per, a person just goes boneless, and there's this like sound like they're like they're they're snapping out of place. And their body just sort of contorts and lays on the ground with a leg sticking up in the air or something. Yeah, it's like you don't really see the chibi chibi stuff as much either. Like in the nineties, you know, comedic moment we're gonna emphasize this by having the characters like shrink. Yeah. That you, know, you, you don't you don't really see, I, like I haven't really seen that that much. So when I watch something that does have it now, I'm like something older that has it, I'm like, huh, it, it, it's it's kind of weird. Yeah. We used to call that super <laughs> deformed, remember? Because we didn't, like they didn't yeah. know what to call it. <laughs> yeah, super deformed, and then it became cheap. Yeah, but um, hello everyone, and welcome to Akashna Podcast Anime with Friends. We are talking about Odd Taxi. We're on to episodes four through six. This is a really interesting show because. We're only four episodes in, and we've already got sort of a bottle episode where it's just one character and their story for like the entire run of the episode. And that's kind of why I I cut this off from last week's episode, because it felt weird to go like three episodes of like world building and introducing new characters and settings. And then to suddenly just like dig down into one character and do like a deep character study of this one guy who we don't even know his uh, like ultimate significance to the series yet. Uh, His name is Tanaka and this one is called Tanaka's Revolution, which just reminded me of that like performer TM revolution, <laughs> which was Takanori makes revolution. So whenever I read this, I'm always like Tanaka makes revolution is the title. <laughs> That's my bad uh, old otaku humor that I'm just busting out for y'all. Not even weeb humor, That's- not even weeaboo humor. That's like otaku humor. I think it is though. Like he still, he still got. Because because he did one of the Rurouni Kenshin endings. Oh, okay. Like, so he still, he still yeah. got a big like anime crossing crossover. I think that was before thing. I even knew him. Yeah. Though I think that was when he did Heart of Sword. No, like, yeah. I think he did some Gundam Gundam Wing episodes or Gundam slash X, whatever, whatever future Gundam series came after that. Yeah. Enough, enough to keep enough to keep him in that um in or that seen sphere. his videos i think i might have shown you one or two one, once or twice i'm i'm sure you showed them to me and i've seen some of those things you are discussing but i i am not one who maps out who who directed this who you know who is the uh, so my my memory is not strong with this let one. me see if i can send you an image real quick he was like one of the idol singer oh, see he was one of the idol singers produced by I can't remember his name. Um, Asakura Daichi? That sounds right. That sounds right enough that our audience... He, like, toured with TM Network and, like, basically lived out the rest of his life writing, like, the same TM Network-style songs over and over for, like, all these different idols who kind of had the same voices. And anyway, that's my um, that's my summary. <laughs> looks like the villain and Looks like a villain in Bleach. Mm, I could see that. I sent him the... Um, 
the hot limit look with the like almost like that fifth element style bandaged like a bandaged outfit that Mila Jovovich wears in that movie. I figured it would be just on that one. Daisuke, Daisuke Asakura, not Daichi. I didn't dig too (laughs) deep. I didn't dig too deep. I mean, I could have gone, like if I'd sent him the one from, uh, what was that, Burning Christmas? Where he's like wearing the giant poofy, like fop hat, foppish hat with the, with the glittering red robes. That sounds, yeah, that's, that's jogging my memory. So how is everyone today? How is how has everyone's week been? Has it been a good week? It, I, well, it's Monday, so I don't know if I can weigh in on this week yet. It, it's a pretty good week so far. I'm starting a new job, and it's starting slowly, which is um, that works for my speed right now. I don't know, male gigolo at your age. I'm not sure that's uh... as we were discussing earlier. I don't think my body would hold up to that kind of abuse. <laughs> speaking of abuse <laughs> i was telling them just earlier that uh that i injured myself again like i was actually having a conversation before this happened with uh some people who were around my age in their 40s and i was like you know what after 40 like anything can kill you anything could take you out of action for good and i was like i was reaching behind for something in my car while driving Like I was stopped at a light, but I was reaching behind and I felt something go out of my like arm. And then my arm just like kind of like hung by my side, like it was made of like a wet noodle. And, uh, and that that same night that I was telling people about this, I went to swat a fly and my whole arm just like came out of its socket or like my, my spine came out of alignment and I had to go to the ER and I went in there and I was like, they were like, what's wrong? And I was like, I am having neck pain. Uh, I might have slipped something. It might be damaged. I might have, you know, hurt myself real bad. I don't know, but I, I can barely stand up. And they were like, okay. And they put me on a slab and they stuck me in a room for two hours with nothing. <laughs> not a blanket, not a pillow. <laughs> was just on a slab. I, was Yeah, I was going to say, is there... Was, Morgue bound. <laughs> was it a cold room? Uh, it wasn't cold, I wanted something to lift my head up a little bit, though. They had the bed slightly, like, angled, but it still wasn't enough, and I was kind of in excruciating pain. And then when the nurse finally came to see me, or the doctor, I guess, finally came to see me, (laughs) they just poked me a couple times, said, does this hurt? I said no, and he goes, okay, well, I'm going to just subscribe you some OxyContin and some other drugs. And then I I looked at it, and it was like, complaint? neck neck pain diagnosis neck pain and that was it they're like we don't do any of the other stuff you have to do that in a follow-up so mris x-rays and he got charged like ten thousand dollars for it (laughs) i mean most likely yeah (laughs) oh the beauty of the american healthcare system it's just a gorgeous thing isn't it i mean other than that i watched the resident evil series on netflix which was very fun and very dumb uh it was it was silly in the way the games are which i think a lot of the like attempts to make resident evil work in movies has not really been it's been silly but in a like a cheesy b b action film sort of way whereas this felt like a like like they had some good horror chops but they also were like 
still kind of spinning their wheels with like the whole, um, I mean, it involves clones. <laughs> it involves twins. I mean, all the staples of Resident Evil are there. There's they, 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 they check off the monsters in a really clever way where like, just when you're starting to get bored of all the like time timeline uh, jumping around that they do, where they're not telling a linear story, they're telling it out of order. Like they're telling like they're telling concurrent stories in the present and 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 a, a story that has something to do with that that happened in the past to the same characters. So like it's sort of like lost in that way, you know, where you're like finding out more about the person in the present who you're sort of just getting like narrative stuff from. Like you're just get you're not getting like the backstory from that part. You're getting it from these vignettes that they put. And and sometimes that's like the whole episode is a vignette, so it's hard to call it that. But um, just I I like the zombies they have in it. They're runners. They're fast. They're they're freaking crazy looking. There's a lot of gore. Like everything I could want from a Resident Evil, I think is there. Um, it just does get a little silly at times, in a good way. But that was my recommendation for this week. Non anime. Nobody else watched anything? Um, what did I watch recently? No, I haven't watched anything of great consequence. I started watching a little bit of, um, uh, what is it? Uh, Love, Sex, and Robots? Is that the... Netflix? Yeah, that's the one on Netflix, right? Yep. So that's a bunch of vignettes. Um, <coughs> generally unconnected um, from anything else. Um, and I was watching it while folding my laundry and it was a, it was a good diversion. Some of them I thought were quite clever. Um, very few things got out of the, uh, uncanny Valley, um, for those that had humans in them, but overall a fun little romp, um, and a great thing to fold laundry to. Does that mix media at all? Or is that all just one like style? I th- well, <clears throat> it's different styles generally. It's not all the same style, although it's usually sort of a a realism. But um, there was one where I think it was a combination of live action and and, um, uh, animation. Uh, Because either the Hidden Valley, (laughs) they managed to get out from underneath it, or it just really... (laughs) The Hidden Valley. Yeah. It's too good for me. Is that where they have the ranch dressing? Right. Uncanny Valley. <laughs> That's where they get it. You just have to make things that are human, but not Uncanny quite human. Uncanny Valley ranch and dressing. And put them in a bucolic setting. very complicated process. Newman. Newman's yeah. own. No, uh... All right. All right. All right. We're, we're stop recording. We're going to go design this. You could sell some of that. Bye. You sold me. You sold me on it. <laughs> goodbye great episode everybody odd taxi go watch it all right i guess we should get into the episode so um episode four tanaka's revolution is about this new character uh who i mean the thing that struck me about him was that that desire to fit in with other people that desire to be popular when he was a kid uh that manifests 
in sort of these obsessive behaviors. He keeps setting you up for this big, like, this is how it was at school. To be popular, you had to have the best eraser. And then he's like, that's a lie. It really wasn't that. The normal people were popular. The pretty people, the sports people, the jocks, the (laughs) cheerleaders. (laughs) But there was a couple of us, a couple of us who were kind of unpopular, who in order to stick out, we had to have these erasers. Actually, it wasn't a couple of us. It was just this one other kid. And God damn it, I had to beat him. And I love that. Well, that is a couple. I, I kind of, well, I don't know if anyone else was participating in it, but there were some who valued those erasers for some reason. Um, and I liked that not only because... It, it just feels like such a cool detail from when you're a kid. And like, there's that one thing that's like all the fad and everybody has to have, whether it was uh, like slap bracelets when I was a kid. How old am I? <laughs> but I mean, those things still exist, but I mean, it, it seems I actually, well, the eighties never die. So <laughs> the eighties rise again. Um, Scrunchies. Uh, well, my kids got a slap bracelet the last time they were in Vegas, for what it's worth. Um, although it did have a USB glued onto the end, which I particularly like. Slap, slap it into the, you know, just slap it into the USB drive. That is really a weird detail. <laughs> it was a promotional, a promotional <laughs> item. So um, it was a, it obviously promoted. Um, it was promoting a magic show. And then if you stuck it into a computer, it'll have directions on how to make your own magic. All right. Enough about your kids USB slap bracelet, which probably has an unreleased nine inch nails album on it. Nobody knows. (laughs) Or like spyware. (laughs) I was just thinking of specifically nine inch nails because they did that thing where they like put their new album which wasn't like an album anyone was particularly wanting, I don't think, because their popularity kind of waned at that point. But they put like a they put like new music onto like a USB drive and then like threw it in the garbage or something, and then give people hints as to where it was. And like people found it, and then they'd like compile their songs together, and then they'd have the whole album. It was pretty cool at the time. It's like when you know, it's like those those games they play. I forget with ARGs where like they like send you on a wild goose chase or something, and. You uh you come back with like a trailer for the Dark Knight before it releases t- officially to the public, like those kinds of things. Um, but this is not that. I'm just talking about like um like those things that were popular when you were a kid. And I, I thought that cool erasers was was such a fun version of that. That's <laughs> like I just like as an adult now I really can't like relate to that. But back then, totally. And that sort of collector's mentality, um, definitely, <laughs> it, it definitely gets to a really scary place in this episode because Tanaka, in order to get this high-valued eraser to prove his worth to become popular, he has to steal his dad's credit card. And at first, it's he's just like bidding on eBay at pretty low values and then the, the value just keeps skyrocketing upward in his panic and his sweaty sweat drenched panic he accidentally bids like what is it like a million on like a hundred thousand yen so with the exchange rates so it's like close to ten thousand dollars right yeah i mean give or take the exchange rates. <laughs> and it, we already knew his dad was a son of a bitch 
but his dad freaking like beats him half to death over this like bill but it's also implied that like his family was wasn't really what wasn't really well off because i think he said something like the credit card was the kind that like even a student could get without much um i guess not need, not needing that much credit although he was also buying his um tanaka's older brother with, like this expensive gaming pc so there was there was there was yeah but not not a ten thousand dollar gaming PC, most likely. Well, I'd rather have a ten thousand dollar gaming PC than a ten thousand dollar eraser, which is only based on ten thousand because I paid ten thousand for it. Well, what I liked about it though is that by making it such a kind of absurd item that that has become the obsession, the the target of his obsession, it kind of mirrors uh, how that obsession carries through in his life to other things. You know, uh, this should be his harsh lesson, really, but um, it's reopened by the Zuden game later. Also, just worth bringing up that that eraser is the same. It's the eraser of the Rakugo performer, Don Raku, the same the same eraser that Shirakawa gives Otokawa in the first episode. So that's so weird, right? How are those things connected? Mm, Really makes you think. Did you think at all about that, Don? Did you think back to the time when Shirakawa gave him that eraser, which is supposedly like the rarest eraser in the world? No, I I confess that that, that had not made a big enough impression of me the first time around. It is a weird moment in those first episodes, though, when, when he gets that eraser and you're like, why? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I probably glossed over it because it it becomes clearer to me the more i watch that there's there's no drop details everything has a purpose. i literally thought there was a microphone in that eraser i thought it was some kind of spy show at first although there there is and possibly remind me to bring this up later though there is there is um there there is a spy microphone in the pen in that pen going around and the reason we know this i really want to bring this up last time is that every every episode came with an audio drama of um Nagashima's pod, Nagashima, the high school student who is constantly writing into um, to the Homo Sapiens radio show, he's um he's like intercepting the microphone, recording this pod, recording this podcast as the pen gets passed around from character to character. Uh, you see it, I think, in these episodes in Otokawa's car. Um, but anyway, it's um he's so the the pod the pod the radio dramas were like this really. It was just like another really cool like multimedia way to learn more, you know, learn more clues, learn more about the characters, kind of joining in on that guessing game. So that's, yeah, I could probably I could probably go into more detail about that later, but. Oh yeah, I mean, as it comes up, yeah. feel free to jump in about any details that you gleaned from those. Th- I did not listen to the radio dramas. Uh, I have this thing about radio dramas where they kind of put me to sleep usually. <laughs> I mean, they're like a few minutes. It's, it's, I mean, even if, even if, uh, there was one for a series I was watching in English, I'm not sure I would still listen to it. I don't know. Uh, I don't know that my, my, the depth of my fandom ever reaches that far that I feel like I, I want to experience them. It did, you don't, and you don't have to, but it, it was, it was a fun, it was a fun part of the hunt. And I think as far as, time media things go like it was it was a good idea for odd taxi because odd taxi sometimes is like almost plays like more like a radio drama than you know a really like high octane animated show 
Interesting. How? In what way do you think it does play like a radio drama? It just. Do you think it's not visual enough? I. I, I guess you could put it that way. <laughs> it's. It's. Um. I think it's very focused on the like very focused on the conversation delivery over. Over being like really really high octane visually like sometimes the shots are just of them talking like it's not it's it's not the focus yeah but uh don have you ever had that collector's mentality <laughs> where you had to have something that was like this is the thing and i've got to have it i remember i had an anime collection and i stole my dad's credit card and bought a bunch oh. of stuff i i was competing with no one though. <laughs> no one had an anime collection i was just like i've got to have them all yeah, you you really did have a lot of anime. I don't. Oh, those VHS are worth so much money now. <laughs> yeah, not not so much. I um, I liked uh, Magic the Gathering cards, and in hindsight, I wish I had bought more of them <laughs> when I was kept collecting them in the '90s because they're worth a whole universe more now. Um, but I don't recall i certainly never did anything illegal to to further a, a gathering habit uh of anything but you and i we play destiny and how many hours have you spent trying to get something that in hindsight maybe isn't the most important thing in the world all of the hours <laughs> do you have one specific item not... that you could describe to us in a way that non-destiny players would understand there is a particular feature of one of the weapons that requires that you perform a monotonous task over and over again. And the fact that I am saying it like this means that it could be any number of weapons in Destiny <laughs> um, that require this particular element. But basically, um, I don't even have it yet, but I know I've spent a fair amount of time using this weapon in the hopes that I will get this particular perk. Um, when I would probably rather be doing using something else. That's cool. You really made that sing for the audience by describing <laughs> everything in as generic a way as possible. You what? What? How would you have done it? I don't Please, know. Is it a shotgun? Was it a helmet? What? What's shiny piece of bling for your guardian? I I, I wanted um, uh, it's the what is it? Sunshot is the weapon. Um, it's an exotic and I wanted the, uh, catalyst for it. How did you get that? Um, specifically, I haven't gotten it yet. It requires oh. killing so many things. Oh my God. <laughs> with the explosion that I don't, I mean, I don't know. I've, I've certainly played for hours and hours with it. Like I'm, I would, I would warrant north of 10, south of 20, maybe, um, you know, just among, and this is the amount of time I would rather have used something else, but was using that in the hopes that I would get the perk. Yeah. Well, all right. Does anyone have anything they'd like to say about this episode? The thoughts, feelings? I was really jarred by this episode. I was popped out because... Those two things are separate. Like, if, if you're jarred, it feels like you're put inside a jar and sealed. And if you popped out... I was shaken, <laughs> not stirred. Uh, I, I, I was... Um, I couldn't see this episode coming. We'd had all these vignettes. We were focused around Orikawa. Um, and then I just 
didn't understand where this episode was going. Was this navel gazing? What was it? It took me a, a it obviously took nearly till the end till I figured out how it fit in with everything else. And it's a really sad story. Like it's horribly depressing and almost nihilistic. I'm very uneasy with Tanaka as a character also because it seems entirely plausible that someone could have this sort of existence. It was, it was a very harrowing episode for me when it aired um, for a few, for a few reasons, I guess uh, the most, the most important one really is that one thing, one thing that happens in this um, as a kid, Tanaka is a bird. He's a, he's a, he loves birds. He has a, he gets a pet cockatiel and like plays with it, loves it. Um, until he kind of, until via an eraser of a dodo gets caught up in this more meaningless race of just, you know, having a cool, having a cool thing to be cooler than the other kid, because he doesn't have an, he doesn't have much else to stand out with. Um, which then kind of comes up again in his adulthood when he gets sucked into gotcha game, a gotcha game, um, Zudin, I, I guess I want to compare it to like Farmville a little, but it's probably just even cheaper than that or more shallow than that. Um, and kind of like spends what did, what did he spend? I think five million five million yen five million yen trying to roll trying to roll Dodo in this in this gotcha game because he because he noticed the top scored player has the same username as the as the person who scammed him out of the Don Rocco eraser all those years ago. Um, yeah, that's yeah. the tragedy of it. Yeah. He never even got the eraser yeah. after all of that. Yeah, <laughs> but and and it haunts him. It haunts him forever. Um, you know, he finally he finally gets this. Um, he finally gets the dodo. He finally gets the dodo in um, Zuden, and then Orokawa, who we saw like rushing, you know, rushing to see Shirakawa in episode three after Dobu held the gun to him. You know, knocks bumps into or kind of like not quite bumps into Tanaka, but I guess you know causes enough a scare that his phone goes flying into the sewer and doesn't save his progress in the game. And then you know he gets home. His cockatiel's dead. <laughs> And so all that long setup is I'm, I'm a bird person too. And I, it's this, so this, um, <laughs> no, 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 but here's the thing. Um, so, you know, it, it's, so it's what I, what happens is when bird person, like not only, you know, not, not only, not only was I very shaken by the sudden deaths of some of my childhood birds or really just the deaths of all of them, but sometimes they were sudden, um, <laughs> Uh, also, it's we, when you're involved in any sort of bird care, you see. When you're involved in, like any sort of just kind of general bird care, bird ad, or advoc or advocacy, you see a lot of people. A lot of people will get them, especially cockatiels. You know, as like a novelty at first, lose interest, just kind of leave them in this ill-fitting cage all day, with only only seed for you know only seed for food which is not that which is not really healthy for them um not replacing it not replacing it just neglecting them and this is basically what we see tanaka do he's just like his bird you know his his poor birds in this tiny cage is a tiny cage all day he's not remembering to refill his food they you know it's he's it'll be dark at night he's on his phone he's on his phone while the bird is there so like i knew all the things that were coming and you know i knew the bird was gonna die and it was just it was it was just too close it was like too close to life me like i almost considered dropping the show after that episode because i was just like i i was so unco- i was i was so uncomfortable it's <laughs> he's not a very redeeming character in that context like he doesn't have a lot of connection to his family which you know we understand why 
But then this creature that he ostensibly does care about, he neglects and, you know, shuns and, and it has a tragic. Yeah. It's, it's, it's kind of just paralleling how he became, you know, he went from, you know, he went, he went, he went from having the, having some sort of real connection to just getting caught up in these like pointless prize fights, Cerso and Eraser, and then overspending, I guess would be thousands, thousands of us dollars on gotcha. Which does happen, which does happen, apparently. Yeah, I mean, I I think all of us who were raising kids recently in the modern age, like, have worried that our kids will, like, unlock our passwords or whatever, like, through just sometimes you just have your passwords saved in your computer or your iPad, you know, because you think you're the only one who uses it, but then... your five-year-old gets on there and suddenly they're buying $200 worth of diamonds for a game that, you know, I think my daughter bought um, diamonds for this game called My Little Pony. Uh, It was a friend. It was like the Friendship is Magic era. And it was like, there was like the Ponyville and what they did was insidious. At first it was all just fun and games and they'd keep sending you new characters every so often. And then suddenly there were these things called Parasprites that would take over places that you'd already like mined and, and opened up. And in order to get rid of them, you need to use like the strongest magic. And the only way to use that is to have these gems that you get either by watching a commercial or by putting real world money into buying sapphires that you can then spend to buy these like, to, to to speed up time. Otherwise you have to wait. And if you wait, more Parasprites show up and they take over more of your place. And you have not panicked until you've heard your child screaming about how her beautiful pony village is overrun with demons. <laughs> oh man. Well, that seems rough, it's, I'll be it honest. It shows, it teaches early on, in fact, that there are problems that are not only insurmountable without money (laughs) that you have to beg for, but that like, no matter how much you progress in life, something will always come back and set you back five or six paces from where you want to be. It's, it's insidious. And, and thank God they eventually started putting regulations on some of these things. Yeah. But I don't think they really like, they're not regulating enough, obviously. Yeah. I mean, what I think is also interesting at Tanaka is that he he knows he's a, like, he, he he understands that Gotcha's predatory. Like, he's he's working for a one game company, and, like, he, he kind of, like, you know, he, he's, he outright says, like, he doesn't like these, he doesn't like these modern games because they're, they're because they, they are, like, these prize fights like the Eraser thing. But he still gets, he still gets sucked into it. Like despite 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 knowing better, he still he still ends up spending like five million yen on this. How does he not get fired? Jesus. Um, I don't know. I mean, eventually he did. <laughs> plot, but plot armor. <laughs> he's like sitting there in the meeting, like playing the Zuden game and not paying attention. Like it's clear that he's somewhere else the whole time. Yeah, he should. Well, and it's an as he enters into his more zombified state, I'm like. I don't think he's going to work anymore. I don't, I don't think he's, really he's not taking care of himself. Clearly. I mean, there's people no. who die playing like, uh, Starcraft in cafes, right. Or like, um, internet cafes. What you're saying, right. As if I know, um, you were I, in the Starcraft guess, scene for a while. Just, 
I I did enjoy StarCraft, but I did not die playing it, nor did anyone I played with die. Are you sure you didn't die playing it? I guess I'm not 100% sure, but the existence I'm currently aware of appears to have survived. Everybody, go and get your ONP official Ouija board. <laughs> As you can say, I saw something recently where, like, I think somebody had, like, a kickstart or something but anyway apparently they just embezzled all the funds and spent it on genshin impact and i was like oh, oh i was gonna bring up genshin impact okay. but i wasn't I, I haven't played enough of it or experienced enough of its discourse to really know how to talk about it yeah uh, i downloaded it i i thought it was somewhat clever uh and i think if i'd given more time to it and i had nothing else to play I might have gotten hooked on it, but that's the same deal with me in Final Fantasy XIV, which, I mean, it, there's a lot of cool stuff in that game, but Jesus, it's so hard to get into. For me, like, I don't play on PC, so, like, playing on a controller with all those options, it's just mind-blowing to me. I don't know how you could, like, learn how to play that game on a console with just a controller, because it basically needs an entire keyboard of shortcuts and stuff for you to function. But, um, somebody has managed it. My favorite Tanaka moment is when he is like, he's not got the eraser and he's like, Hey guys, look, this is how art students erase. They use pieces of bread. (laughs) (laughs) And apparently it's true that they do use pieces of bread. Uh, but they don't do it because that's a great eraser. They do it because it gives us it gives a specific style of erasing to their work, I guess. And do they use like Wonder Bread, or is it a specific kind of I bread? Think that Since you you've done this research, should be the one among us to this week. Your homework assignment is to draw something really complicated and then try and erase it with a piece of bread. Uh-huh, you said among us. <laughs> I don't, I don't think I'm going to do that, but I did find that there was somebody who died after playing StarCraft for 50 hours straight in an internet cafe. Wow. That's an epic game. Was that just one game they were playing? I, I, don't, I don't think they know. <laughs> <laughs> um, suffice it to say that after 50 hours and his expiry, um, people weren't like, was it a single <laughs> game of 50 hours? <laughs> Asking important questions. <laughs> Listen, we're the journalists. That came to they mind. should know these things. They regulate game playing over there now anyway. That's Korea, I guess, you said? South Korea? That was Korea, yes. Do they regulate yeah. it? Yeah, they do. Or at least, I know they do in China. They definitely do in China, but for children, not adults, as far as I'm aware. Mm. Well, I guess if you're an adult, you have the right to die by your server. <laughs> <laughs> We should all be so lucky. Let's go on to the next episode. I think we've talked enough about Tanaka here, unless you guys have something else you wanted to add. No, let's. Oh, let's well, I mean, on. I think it's important to bring up that when he goes to bury his bird, he digs up a buried gun. I don't think at this point in the story they've revealed whose gun, whose gun it is. But from that, that, you know, that, that gives him, that gives him, that gives him new, being a physical item, it gives him some new motivation. Now he wants to go kill Odokawa. It's like, you know, the it's just you know to get to get his revenge, get his revenge because he didn't get his virtual dodo. Yeah, and he he's basically now turning his life into a game. Uh, 
it's almost like a power up. He might even say something like that it's like in the, the episode. I forgot. New quest unlocked. Kill Otakawa. Yeah, <laughs> basically. So you looked so gleeful saying that. Me? <laughs> yeah. You're like new quest unlocked. Kill Otakawa. I was just like proud of my wit. Yes. Episode five is called Don't Call Me an Idol, and it starts off with our favorite idol group, Mystery Kiss. Uh, We find out a little bit more about them. This is the episode, actually. I think in a previous episode, I had said that uh, we found out that Yuki's favorite food is is fried chicken or is chicken karage, which is a soul food. But in this one is, I guess, when we find it out when she's riding in the cab with Otakawa. I mean, she mentions in episode two, but this, this puts more emphasis on it. Because it's like, this connects it to her hometown, right? Yeah. And like her mom's cooking or whatever. Um, and then we also get Shiho, <laughs> who of course is coming from a bathhouse, because it's like her one thing. <laughs> it's the one thing I remember about her character. And not that, and not that she's like, and not that she's dating Kakihana. Yeah, just <laughs> literally every time she opens her mouth, she talks about taking a bath. <laughs> Later on, she'll mention that she does it because she has so many brothers and sisters. You know, I, I, what I'm setting up here is that Yamamoto is now using, uh, is now using Otakawa's taxi service exclusively, basically, to keep a lid on the comings and goings of his idol group because some of them are up to no good. <laughs> And what we find out is that Shiho is is dating Kakihana now moving into phase two of whatever shakedown that she's involved in with him. Uh, they ha- they're having a fancy dinner at a restaurant. <laughs> and Kakihana has gone full in on the lie. He's taken out a loan which we'll find out when he drops a receipt at the end of the scene. No, it's okay. It's okay. Um, in episode six, uh, he goes to buy the engagement ring. But in episode five, he he has the fancy dinner with Shiho. And it's it's a weird one. <laughs> it's, it's cringy. Yeah, it's and it's mostly cringy because he doesn't know what he's doing. And we know that that's because he has no business being in this fancy restaurant and has no experience being in fancy restaurants. I'm trying to understand how he has gotten to this place mentally where he's like, screw it. I'm, I mean, like, it's one thing to sort of misrepresent yourself. And then it's another thing to go into debt with loan sharks to maintain this facade of being someone you're not. And he's conscious, like fairly straightforwardly conscious that he is not who he's representing himself to be. And let's say they get married. What is his plan here? Like if if you were me and only having seen these episodes, like where do you think he's going to go? I don't think he's thought that he's thought that far yet. I think he's just in the same sunken cost fallacy that, that Tanaka is where he's, you know, he he's he's already he's already set up that pretended that he's rich. He's gotten he's gotten a sort of girlfriend via that. You know, he why not why not keep why not keep going and just 
go into huge amounts of debt for this or like you know perfectly you know, go you know, for broke. Yeah, go, go for a, penny for a pound. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean it's I guess my whole being vibrates in fury at the idea of being so myopic in your behavior. You're like, eh, you know, I'm just gonna I'm gonna take money from these guys who definitely are gonna expect me to pay them back. And know that I'm going into debt in a way that I'll never be able to pay it back. Like, he does, the, the, the restaurant is a great example because he gets this money. He says, I'm going to go to this fancy restaurant. And then anybody with half a brain can see through to the fact that he has he doesn't know what he's doing here. Like, if you really wanted to maintain a facade, you would research. Like, all right. No, he's not that. How do I pronounce <laughs> this? No, he's not that at all. <laughs> Like, he is a simpleton here. He, I mean, we talked about this last episode, that he's perhaps feeling that spark of his glory days. And it definitely feels like the girl is that is that chance to get back there, that chance to get back on track. Like, if he has this girl who's really cute and young and is into him, then it's all worth it because it takes him back to where he was meant, where he has always wanted to be. Uh, but he's so far from that. I don't know if he can even see. Like, I, I think, I think in any character like this, on some level, they do know that what they're doing is foolish and going to lead to a bad end. But if the, if somehow they come out of it, on top with that like 1%, that half of a percent, that one trillionth of a percent chance that somehow they come out on top, it'll all be worth it. It's I, a let it I ride mean, mentality, I, I right? It's a let it ride mentality. I, like put everything on I fixes. Guess, but I want to juxtapose that between um, that mindset and Tanaka, who is like, I don't think, Tanaka is thinking he's going to come out in any, <laughs> he's going to come out on top in any circumstance. I think he's so far gone. He doesn't even, he's almost acting on instinct. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think probably this thing itself starts to take on a meaning beyond the victory or the, the winnings. It's now just the, the very idea of coming out on top is enough <laughs> Like it, you don't yeah, actually what, have to come what, out on top. Like if he gets the dodo, it's not. I don't even think he knows. Thinks his life is going to change for the better at that point. It's just it's become the entire object of his obsession and his fascination. And what other purpose is there at this point? He's put so much in, as as Victoria was saying, that might as well just go and chase it to the end. So, but these characters are doing the same thing, and even though. Um, I would say Tanaka's also looking for liberation from his obsession, whereas Kakihana is looking to actually have a wife to bring home to his mother or looking for, you know, a girl that he can that he can make part of his life. I I just you can sort of see the parallels of the roads they're going down, like an Mm -hmm. unattainable goal, even though (laughs) in poor Tanaka's case, he actually attained it. And then lost. It. I mean, we don't know. Maybe Tanaka wanted to marry the dodo. Maybe he was going to propose right when it fell into the water. Well, bird in the hand, you know, he could have destroyed. It's I mean, there's been weirder sequel. things. People, people have married virtual idols at this point, haven't they? Or robots or Ducky Makura <laughs> pillows. 
Pillows, yes, but can a virtual dodo give consent? I think I'll, is I that like this... is that the title of a new Philip K. Dick book? <laughs> I, I was I was gonna I was gonna say it's a it's um it's a Huddle Boyfriend sequel, but yeah, that works too. <laughs> um, yeah, <laughs> I, I I love that whole dinner. Both jokes are good, but but I love how I love how awkward this whole dinner scene is because really both um. Ichimura and Kakiyana are out of place. Like he, you know, we we see every excruciating moment he fucks up the etiquette and is treating it like it's an izakaya. Um, but we also see, uh, it's like she she's on her she's on her phone the whole time, and she even plays the entirety of um a YouTube vid- a YouTube video with the sound with the sound on in that restaurant. She plays um plays Kavasawa's YouTube de- YouTube declaration of war against Tuabu, which happened because his tweet his tweet that went viral his tweet that went viral had the which that went viral with his selfie with Okawa got viral because Dobu was in the background of it. And so, you know, he's finally he finally found his one thing that he can be famous for, so he's decided he's gonna he's gonna catch Dobu and make him repent. Yeah. Sort of a keyboard warrior style thing where he's got all this courage. <laughs> All this courage, uh, dig- like virtually from far away, but whether or not he has it in person has not yet been has not yet been figured out. It's also a good place to point out because I wanted to bring this up last episode. But if you if if you um if you look up his 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 username on Twitter, that's actually a real account. They um at like a, about a, a year ahead of the events of the show, a year ahead of events, so they tweeted. Not just not just that viral self, not just that viral selfie, which then actually did become viral in real life, um, but also basically like everything tracing his entire character arc in the show. So it was, you know, it was a thing. It was a thing. It was another clue you could look at if you wanted to know what was going to happen. Kind of what was you this before the show actually aired? Yeah. So so the events in the show take place in 2021, which I we at least know because of um, we we see it on we see it on. We see it on one of the we see it on the ticket at some point, but this yeah this tweeted them it's tweeted them a year, like a year in advance. I'm not sure if they publicized this or if people just got curious and entered the username and were like wow this exists. I <laughs> admire the dedication. Yeah, there, but um, yeah, unless someone discovers it in the in the future and then looks back, I doubt anyone was like following this weird Twitter oh, no. account. It must it took a lot of. Yeah, I don't. I don't think you were. I don't think it was you were meant to. I think. I don't think that was the intent. I think was the intent was that people would go find it and then you know look over look over the rest of the accounts. But anyway, I thought I thought that was real. I thought that was really cool. So, figured I'd bring that, that is up clever. There. Yeah. Was it was so it was following the events of the show? Did it give any spoilers or? I mean, yeah. <laughs> it, it 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 depends how you want to look at it. Like I would say, clues set out in advance are not spoilers, but. Well, like yeah. the the events of the show being like, like what happens with Dobu when does, uh, when the shooter attacks the club? I think that's in episode six, but you can correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, when yeah, Tanaka that's episode six. But yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. attacks I mean, the club. I I don't have I don't have his Twitter account memorized, but it did it did it did it did it did, it did trace it did trace the events from his perspective. You're off the show. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> don't have it memorized. I know. Oh. I know. I know. Fake fan. I'm off the show too. <laughs> so is Don. 
I, I never claimed. The show is now just uh, the sound of a fan slowly spinning. <laughs> and our hushed whispers as we figure out the Uncanny Valley ranch dressing. Yes. Um, was that even in the show or we just... Oh, I, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> you can put it in. Gotta look on the Twitter account to find out. Uh, other things that happened. <laughs> other things that happened. We had... Um, Goriki plans to close the clinic because of what happened with Shira, uh, well, with the stealing of the drugs. I don't see how that solves the problem. I think he, I, I, yeah, I didn't, I didn't really, you know what, I didn't really get that either. I didn't see how shutting down the clinic would somehow seem less suspicious, but I guess, I guess he figures if someone finds out about it, they might, they might think it's like a drug laundering scam. Does that exist? Well, I mean, I could see there being a problem, but if you shut down your facility, like... Well, maybe. I can't imagine you keep all... I mean, maybe you do keep everything. And that's the implication. It's like, well, that's yours. You can't dispense it anymore. I guess he could. He's a doctor, but he won't have any patients or anything. But, like, it's a huge overhead that you would then just sort of eat. Right. But I, I still don't understand. Like, he's shutting down the clinic for a while. When he opens back up, then I guess he gets to order... I mean, it doesn't make any sense. Like... Is, is nobody going to wonder why he's just waiting for all the medication to uh, expire? Is that the idea? Or possibly to figure out what was happening, solve solve it before the police get involved so they don't like look into the possibility that since he knows about it, it's, you know, I, I don't know. I, I, didn't re- I didn't really understand this either. I just accepted it. Uh, I also I accept. accepted it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I think that it kind of works though in that, I mean, if he didn't, shut it down he'd have to order a huge amount of pills and then explain why he's ordering so many after he just ordered so many and anything that could bring attention to that might throw doubt on on his business and i I mean he might be protecting shirakawa it's not clear at this point he's definitely protecting shirakawa i mean that what i'm saying is not clear is he hasn't said it outright Say that like he seemed. He seemed pretty surprised when when Orokawa suggested that Shirakawa was the one stealing. That that was my impression. Yeah, I think mm. I think so, but I, that's okay if you guys want to disagree on that one. Yeah. Um, I, I felt like well, Orokawa does accuse Shirak. He he says that he tells Shirakawa that. Um, Goriki is closing the account because, or closing the, the clinic down because of her, and he he is upset about it and communicates that to her. She doesn't disagree, so it feels like everybody's on the same page from that perspective. All right, maybe it was just me. <laughs> I'm just reading what Victoria wrote here in the extensive notes that she made. I mean, the only thing we really have to cover still is, uh, I mean, we should talk just very briefly about Rui being singled out by her band members a second time for getting special treatment because she doesn't have to show up when they do. She gets to come in late. Uh, you know, any anything like that that's deepening a character that's not on screen uh, can seem like it's probably part of part of a clue or part of a larger story so i'm just pointing that out now um the other thing that happens in this episode is 
Imai, the number one fan of Mystery Kiss, comes back and he actually did win the lottery, but he doesn't actually come back in this episode, but he but we see his tweet, I think. Yeah, um Ichimura shows it to Kakihana on their on their date and and also also expresses resentment that he's one of that he's a he's an Ikado fan. Right. Because, you know, right. here she here she is also also trying to get money for what she's heavily implied is a dating scam in her in her scene when she's in when she's in Otakawa's taxi. And that actually yeah. could be another yeah. reason why she uh she was on her phone and like breaking etiquette because she would she had she had expressed interest in not doing this anymore. And Tiamamor was like, shut up. <laughs> Basically. <laughs> Wasn't there also the thing where Rui meets with the other half of that comedy. That is in episode six. Which we can talk about. Mm -hmm. Um, We can just skip around. That's fine. Okay. Uh, Yeah. I think we should, I think we should talk that how Yamamoto, it's really, it's really important that um, Yamamoto and Yamamoto and Odokawa are talking because Odokawa is saying like, you know, I drove, I drove somebody to your, to your agency two weeks ago. And, you know, Yamamoto is a little alarmed by this and is questioning, like, oh, like it must have been, you know, it must have been Ichimura. He's, he's, he's questioning two things. One, that Otakawa recognizes Shimamura, or not Shimamura, um, Ichimura. <laughs> um, he, he, rec- he recognized her, even though she's had her face covered by a mask since she, since she debuted. And he's also concerned that he's mentioning having driven this person who's not any of them who's not any of the mystery kiss members and he's like you know he's 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 clearly he's clearly suspecting something he asked for the he asked for the he also asked for the dash cam footage which dobo was warning warning about people was failing to so he recognized he recognizes her because because um kakihana had shown his had shown her dating profile to him yeah 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 it's 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 other otherwise we don't know a whole lot of information yet but yamamoto's gotten you know he's he, he's clearly on edge about this so those are the clues and stuff from episode five but episode six is called i want to hear you say what the hell or not damning which what is the, the it's the scummy the scummy for kansai ben for the kansai dialect you slap the person with an open backhand. Bam. And uh, you say, Nandanin. I did not know that. So, cool. <laughs> yeah. Yep. It's, uh, I mean, I've only been to see Manzai twice. <laughs> and uh, not a huge fan of it. Nah. It's, uh, it's probably a little beyond my Japanese, which is not, uh, it's not native level, but. I do, I do, I do pick up a few things here and there, and I did live in Osaka for quite a while, so it was a pretty common uh, refrain to hear there. Uh, God, the beginning is so awkward. Where <laughs> Otakawa gets dragged to a strip club, not a strip club, but like a a cabaret club, yeah, or I- like a host club. <laughs> I definitely did not know. No, that. he just seems very awkward through the whole thing. And he tries to leave like immediately. Um, the events leading up to this happening, 
he might tell someone to call out like, hey, I won the lottery with the numbers that you randomly read off that photo that one time. And, you know, I've won a billion yen. I'm going to cash this around the time Mystery Kiss TV single comes out because I so I can just spend all this money on CDs they haven't even printed that many copies of. Um, also, fun, fun thing I actually just saw to say, um, so apparently the 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 cabaret club that he might takes takes someone coming to uh, that he works at that he works at. Apparently, he might he might is a cabaret skunk. Yeah, it's, so. it's so funny because it's just not him in any way shape or form well shibagaki works there too yeah. he looks like a foot <laughs> <laughs> yeah he um yeah he that's, that's the part-time job he's been talking about that he's still stuck doing well yeah. what a weird congruence of or, or or coming together of characters first of all why would you if you won all this money would you continue to work at one of these clubs? And is he now a part owner? Because he's like, basically, whatever this taxi cab driver wants is free. Like, is he paying for that? And still working there? I'm so confused. Well, he has, like, he, hasn't ca- he hasn't cashed the winnings. He hasn't cashed the winnings yet. <laughs> that's yeah. right. That's right. He hasn't cashed the winnings yet. So he can just be like, yeah, dude, whatever this guy wants. Rosé, Dom Perignon. Yeah, why not? That's, that is not cheap. <laughs> <laughs> well his bosses saw his post on whatever social media that he posted it to about how he won so maybe they're giving him like store credit or something on the hopes that he'll pay his tab when he finishes Ima's not very smart i mean he post he posted pictures of his face and his winning and his winning ticket on Twitter, Twitter, I guess, and it like it doesn't it doesn't register that that was like dangerous. Orokawa is, you know, he tells Orokawa, I haven't actually told anyone. I just post about it online. Like he doesn't he doesn't get that anyone can see that. Oh, another 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 not perfectly bright character. <laughs> yeah. Oh, he just he just he just doesn't he just doesn't under he just doesn't understand. Like he's, I was gonna say he's a knife kid, but I think he's in his twenties. It's almost surprising that he can show his face. I guess. But not, not. I would say, a PSA for all of our listeners, I have to just say this. Do not run around saying you won the lottery and not cash your ticket (laughs) or immediately put in a safe deposit box. Like, that's insane. You are so like people will literally like come to the club and like the i would have thought that the guy who came with a gun is actually looking for that ticket not orakawa um i remember as a as a young 20 something year old being dragged to strip clubs and those types of things even in japan uh never was my scene I just wanted to go home so bad. So I really feel what Otakawa is feeling here, except, I mean, in my case, it was a little more different because I was still in the closet as far as the trans things things go. So, like, people saw on the outside that I was a red-blooded American male, so they just assumed that I'd want to go watch the ladies degrade themselves in front of you. No, no, it's an art, I'd tell myself. It's an art. They're... I felt like, you know, just imagine Nathan Fielder from Nathan for You and that new show, The Rehearsal. Just imagine him at a strip club, just like, do you think that those uh, those heels are, um, are, are making it easier to 
to maneuver the way you do or like I was just trying to focus on some small idiosyncratic detail to try to make it through. Uh, I remember somebody paid for me to get a lap dance once and it was like excruciating. Like I'd rather be waterboarded. (laughs) I could, I, I can understand that not being to put it mildly your bag. Certainly not. Was there anything that you've ever been dragged to where you were like that? Like you were like, no, this is not for me. I hate it here. Uh, I went to a comedy show with a guy who shouted a lot. Well, like <laughs> Lewis Black? Find it... Yes, it was Lewis Black. <laughs> Thank you. I was actually trying to remember who it was. And I realized maybe 20 minutes in, I was like, oh, none of this is funny to me and it will continue not being funny to me at all. And I have to just sit through this. This is awful. I'm there with my friends. They're laughing. I believe. Um, I just remember being like, this sucks. <laughs> this is really bad. I saw him. I saw him and I had his book and uh, yeah, he's not, he's, he, he works better in small doses. Let's say that. Cause he was a correspondent on the daily show back then. And he would just do these little apoplectic comedy bits where he would lose his shit. Uh, right. And I think that that you've hit the nail on the head. Like that's funny or mildly funny in a one shot dose for the particular um, item du jour. But then when you're sitting there for an hour long rant at everything, it, it wore thin super quick. You Victoria, anything or. Um, I, yeah, pretty much most social events. <laughs> like... <laughs> well, that was a jump up. Yeah. Not just one, pretty much every day of my life, Sabrina. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, it would really be hard to narrow down. Um, no, I think that's a good answer. I, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I'm like, I, I think it would be easier to make a list of the times I've like gone to something and liked it. Um, <laughs> I guess so. Um, I guess having to go to sports games stands out and I only went to like school related ones. And I was just like, this, this is like the most boring thing I've ever seen in my life. Like, like I've, I've watched cobwebs that are more entertaining than this. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) That's great. I I just, when is this going to end? Why did the, why is the going to like, um, my friend was in marching band in high school, so we went to the we went to the football game, and I'm just like, "Why is the clock stopped again? When when is it gonna when is it gonna start?" <laughs> We're just watching the clock rather than the game. So anyway, yeah, I, I definitely feel out of call. I just you know, you, you know you, you know that meme where it's like, "Just walk out, you can leave." That's him. He just yeah, just leaves. Yeah, but not before a shooter comes in. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So yeah, he's in he's in the bathroom. He's in the bathroom telling Shudakawa not to interact with him anymore and he hears a gunshot. And we see some we see someone in a mask. It's it's really obvious who it is. Should I just should I just say? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, okay. It's it's, it's 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 Tanaka. It's like really <gasps> obviously him. It's um, him? No, I'm kidding. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> like, like like I'm trying to, you know, I'm trying to just, I'm trying to do to do this knowing that I watched the show a year ago. So, um, yeah, it's it's clear it's clearly it's clear. Everybody freaks out and runs. 
Shibagaki tries to confront tries to confront him and he's he shoots at the wall and runs off again and Shibagaki's if you had a reason re- rationale for doing this is that he thinks it would have been it would have been really funny if he got shot <laughs> he's willing to die for his art I for his art that. right yeah, yeah. exactly <laughs> I definitely respect him he was like I it it, it could have been funny <laughs> it could have it could have worked I one of the other things that um I I don't know if I should be keeping track of this but we saw this gun. Um, I have not seen any bullets anywhere. So there is, in principle, a limited number of bullets that can be fired from this gun. Um, because I don't see how Tanaka is going to come up with more. So I'm, again, I don't know what Tanaka's endgame is here, but that's two bullets so far. I don't know if I should keep track. No, you should. You should definitely see. keep track. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's two. All right. In yeah. principle, I think it was a revolver, so there should be six. Here's a question I had, which I couldn't find a great answer for, but he tracks Otakawa using the phone that was planted by one of the singers? Yeah. Is that right? Yeah. There's a, there's like a blink and you'll miss it shot in um, episode episode five, but you see... You see Tanaka in one of the calves just hand hands it off to Mitsuya before she go before she goes into Otoka's car. I believe it's like better explained in the manga, which I haven't read. It's not the manga that came out like How do they know each other? Um I again I think that's I, I believe that's better explained and I believe it's better explained in the manga from what I've heard. I haven't I haven't I haven't um really looked at it. Is it spoiler? Um I don't because that adds, so. I, I didn't even notice it until I rewatched it. But I was like, wait, why did she put the phone in the car? Like tuck it in between the seats. And then I guess that's why he broke the window to get his phone back. Because mm. he's yeah. he's looking to hurt. He's looking to hurt Otakawa, not just break his no window. Kill. Yeah, I agree with that. Like yeah. the, the breaking of the window, it's, he's not trying to... I can't really tell. He does want to hurt Otakawa, but he also, I don't think it's like he's going for the long psychological torture game. Yeah, I, I agree. It's not like, it's yeah. not a Cape Fear. Yeah, he had, no. having, you know, having tracked his location, he went to the, he went to the cabaret bar. Like he was, you know, he, he was, he was looking for him. Um, I believe, I, I, I guess it hasn't, I think, I don't think it's been really, really explained yet, but that's probably... That's probably what you're supposed to get. Is probably what you're supposed to gather at that point. Um, otherwise, yeah, I, I the, the the manga is it's 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 only it's only in Japanese. I think I like I looked at the first couple of chapters that were free online, and then I'm like, I'm you know I'm not I'm not gonna pay to open unlock the other chapters. I have my limits. <laughs> Where do you draw the line in the sand? Where do I draw the line? Where I'm gonna draw spend the years line? learning another language so I can read the manga. Yeah. Where's your dedication? Well, Victoria yeah, knows I a know. lot of Japanese, a lot more than even she thinks she does, probably. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I kind of, I kind of, I'm a little more humble about it, but really, it's like I memorize vocabulary really well. Like I can, that, that's why when I go to karaoke and I sing Japanese, like in front of Japanese people, they're like, "Wow, did you live in Japan?" And I'm like, "No, I'm like I've only been on tourist trips, but like I can memorize. It's you know, I just can't string a sentence together." But anyway. Uh, let's talk about Shirakawa because we find out some pretty bombshell stuff about her in this episode. Uh, Don, do you want to just talk a little bit about Shirakawa? Well, 
so Shirakawa um, has been trying to get in touch with Odakawa. And uh, when Odakawa comes home after the uh, nightclub incident uh, or the bottle service incident, she's there at his home and he's trying to avoid her and she's just not going away. So he's fine. Let's go talk in a park. Uh, and there's the shot lingers a little bit on his place. Like she's like, do you have someone in there or something? <laughs> uh, and Orikawa doesn't seem like the kind of guy who's going to, you know, be carrying around a bevy of broads. But we also have that throwback to the missing person. And he's talking to the, well, anyway. It, he's it's talking to the closet over, or something, right? Right. He's talking to the closet. But regardlessly, regardless of those facts, uh, they do speak. Uh, and he's... He basically says, you've got, you know, what's all this about? Um, he's very angry with her. He uh, accuses her of taking the things from Goriki's uh, clinic. Uh, and she admits it. She admitted it. Um, but uh, she says it's because she is trying to pay back this debt that she owes to um, uh, Dobu. And so... It, it comes out that she still owes Dobu a bunch of money. And he said, well, you know, did Dobu put you up to getting in touch with me? Like, is all this just a sham? And she's like, well, yes, it started out that way. But actually, I really like you now. Um, Otakawa does not seem suitably impressed by that. Um, but he basically tells her that she should never contact him again. He doesn't want to see her. He's, he's He does not take her apologies he does not accept her apologies uh so that that gets revealed in all this um and he's not a very forgiving guy to sotokawa i think not he, that i blame him in this context i think he's bluffing i think he's bluffing though like he's 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 worried he's worried about her he does he does like her back but you know he he doesn't because he doesn't want to admit that when he's in sort of this vulnerable position with, you know, kind of this vulnerable position with Dobu himself. Yeah, well, Dobu did threaten to hurt her initially, and that's why he tried to cut off ties with her earlier, because he's afraid of, he was, before knowing the connection between them, he was afraid for for her life. But, um, yeah, I I think that... um, Even if he has those feelings, he's much more comfortable repressing them and just dealing with things his own way. Um, it's not clear to me that he... I haven't yet to see something where it looked like Odakawa was, was doing something purely for Odakawa's benefit. Um, this reminded me of film noir, especially. Uh, the idea that she was initially sent there to scam Odakawa into helping Dobu. And instead fell for Otakawa for real, maybe. Um, that's like right out of those classic film noir movies, even if, you know, I don't know if it necessarily fits the definition of it, but it's definitely the aesthetic style and like the the, the type of thing oh, yeah. you would see in those. Um, but usually, usually the hard-boiled um, gumshoe detective is like actually attractive as opposed to a chunky cab driver. I mean, there's usually not a walrus 
<laughs> yeah, I, I was I was avoiding the walrus aspect because I think it's it's made clear that Odakawa is not exactly a catch, no matter how you. View I will it. say this though: I played a game recently that I kickstarted <laughs> called uh, Backbone, in which the hard-boiled detective is played by a raccoon. So <laughs> I don't know, walrus or raccoon. I'm not sure which one exudes the right atmosphere. <laughs> I'm going to go with the raccoon. Yeah, probably. <laughs> we missed one thing that was important, which is that during the shootout, someone takes a video of, of Tanaka in the Halloween mask. I called it a shootout, but only one shot is fired. So it's not during the incident at the club. uh, Weren't there two shots, though? Two shots. Oh, two shots shots were fired. Sorry. Come on, keep track here. I know, Don, you've got to keep me on track because clearly I'm dropping shots here. (laughs) Um, We... The video is sent to Kabasawa, who immediately blames dobu for the incident without any evidence that it's him he's very opportunistic yeah um i think he's it's sort of to show that he also has this like burgeoning empire like online empire underneath him that's like growing where he can feed these sorts of lies or half truths to his audience and they just gobble it up because he's he's finally got the spotlight on him um but that's an important thing to remember as we go forward as well um the probably the most important part of the episode though is sort of where the title comes from and stuff which is the homo sapiens right how they're kind of struggling um victoria you had a lot to say about this so i'm gonna let you start us off on this topic yeah, um, so we kind, of, we kind of get to the point where it, it's Shivagaki and Baba are almost having this like, this like pre, this kind of pre breakup. Um, you know, Baba's manager is like, dump this dude. Baba is like, you know, he's still kind of, he's still kind of holding, he's still kind of holding on to, he's still kind of holding on to getting into that or doing that next um, N1 round three, but he doesn't. He doesn't have the. T- he doesn't have the time to meet up with Shigaki. Um, and also, just starting. We're just starting to see more rift. More rift in their. More even more of a rift in their thinking, since Shigaki is still sticking. Still sticking to his gun. Still sticking to his guns of um, of doing. Of doing. You know, doing what. Doing what he thinks is funny, regardless of what other people think. And Baba is like, well, actually, you know, maybe we, maybe we should just do stuff that doesn't offend anybody because people like that. Like he's kind of, he's kind of getting more and more drawn, you know, by his own success, he's getting drawn more into being in, in into being inoffensive. And this, and this is the part where I'll start to side with Shibagaki actually, because I, I feel, I feel sorry for him. Like he's a jerk, but he's sad, but he's sad, you know, at the end, he's kind of walking off alone to the sad music and he sees Baba's uh, image in the, you know, he sees um like a, cut out of him advertising some cooking cooking wear and it's it's very like it, it it's very it's it's very like lovers drifting apart kind of for kind of a framing like if this were like a romantic show 
I, I agree, and I, I, I'm also with you. I, I like his character, and I, you know, I feel bad for him. Like he's, he's put himself out there. He's willing to get shot for his comedy, <laughs> and yet, <laughs> and yet, he is not a successful guy. Yeah, but but Baba, and Baba's kind of figured out figured out the secret of success is actually to is is to be is to be bland. But I also don't entire I don't entirely blame him here either. I mean, he's he's found he's found what he's. He's succeeding. He's found what works. Yeah, but it. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I, it I, does feel like he got there by accident. Like he just fell into success. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, and yes, you're right. That is the the secret. But the secret is whatever he has was what the market wanted at the time, and sometimes that's just the way it works. Also, like, do you ever go to see a movie and you see like the the thing that airs before the movie starts with like Maria Menounos? Like trailers, <laughs> it's called the newbie, I think. Like the what? It's, it's like a little news blurb that exists only in movie theaters. Yeah, and they show Is like previews. New? They sh- not only do they show previews <laughs> and like behind the scenes looks and stuff at movies that are they're going to show the trailer for <laughs> in like five minutes, but like it's just the blandest, easiest job. It's like. I just start to think to myself, like, you can bland your way to success in this world as well. Like, if you can somehow present something that is easily digestible, easy on the eyes, I think it's clear that Baba is more attractive to a lot of people than Shibagaki. And Baba, you know, he, he's a he's a handsome horse. <laughs> and Shibagaki is a squat and, like odd looking warthog uh so like there's definitely something with the looks of the characters too that it's just so i it's i agree you can sell bland if it's in an attractive package But regardless, it's you know kind of the I feel like the important take the important takeaways. They're really you know their 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 dif- their differences are really starting to make them drift. Are really starting to make them drift. Um, that may be true, but I think yeah. that Baba wanting to do it is him hoping that his friendship or camaraderie with Shibagaki survives this all. Oh yeah, yeah. He I mean, the fact that bring him with him, but yeah. Like when his man, when his manager when his manager is trying to book him for, book him for something on the same day as their and run their n one their n one performance like he he turns it down and he wants he wants to find time to meet with Shibagaki he just doesn't have he just doesn't have the time because his schedule is booked so they're trying also Baba is dating Mikaido yeah that also seems weird the other thing I was gonna say like he. It's not quite like Maria Menudos. Like he's being very central. Like his star is majorly rising. It's he's like A level. I can, as far as I can tell. I don't know. A-list. I don't know. He might not be A level, but he's he's definitely. You're right. His star is rising. Um, it's not a perfect metaphor. I was just thinking about how how blandly you just she's had to work in Maria Menudos is what what happened. Yeah, I just I was just thinking about how utterly vanilla those sort of like that work is but how she's in every theater every week in 
every state. <laughs> and in Japan, you have like that. You have talents who are pretty much like their role is just kind of show up on variety shows and like make faces in the little picture in picture when they show food and stuff like that. Yeah, and that's so, I mean that's what he is. Not everybody can do that. <laughs> not everybody wants no. to do that. Some people probably think highly of their art. I, I would look like really, I, I would just look like really unimpressed in all the videos. This is kind of my default face. <laughs> like, you know, probably, probably only much enthusiasm I could muster for like seeing cake. I don't know. It's interesting. Don't you think Japan was a little ahead of all that? It feels like that's what YouTube react videos are. <laughs> and Japan was doing those like 15, 20 years before. You know, I never, I never thought about that, but, but it, you're right. It's like, we've all caught up now. We're all just watching people react to stuff and thinking that it's content. <laughs> <laughs> I have nothing against all that stuff. It's just, no, you know, me either. And, and some of the virtual idol stuff is just really funny to me. The VTuber stuff. I mean, where like, it's just some like anime girl doing memes, but it's, a dude <laughs> it's a dude like <laughs> using like rotoscoped animation or whatever it is that they do and a voice changer and a voice changer like it's just it's all puppetry i guess yeah uh, I, 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 so, yeah go ahead oh no it's like I, that, I feel like virtual i feel like the advent of virtual i was like the first thing i felt like i was too old to get when like vocaloid start, stuff started getting big it was just my brain could not really comprehend like, all right, we're going to listen to computers singing the same songs we heard sung by humans, but, but because we like the anime girl in the package, but um, the, the VTuber thing I've, I've gotten more, I've gotten more into like backwards because a lot of, um, a lot of people, a lot of people who are, who stream video games, like, well, they'll just, they'll have, they'll have their VTuber persona. So I was like, I'll, I want to watch the game. So I'll be watching them. And I'm like, all right, I get, I get this. Yeah. I don't particularly want to watch the ones who are like, I don't want to pretty close to the Hollow Live stuff, I guess, is what I would say. It's like, but usually it's just more like random people who want to play games and they I, have a YouTube persona. I went full in on Hatsune Miku for like one video game. <laughs> and then I bought the like Future Live one so I could have all the songs again because I had it for the PS3, I think it was. And uh, I had the soundtrack to that one game and, and I, I definitely had, like liked what they were doing with her stuff. I don't even know if I should say her. I, I guess it's a her with Hatsune Miku stuff. Um, you know, it it was really interesting. I think that it, it kind of failed in the U.S. because the voice, the way that our voices work in the U.S. isn't the same as Japan, where there's hard syllables, like, to follow each thing, where you can kind of, like, staccato program a voice to say things, whereas we slur a lot more of our words together. And the computer's not very good at slurring those words. Uh, but um, so I can understand. But like, I, I really enjoyed the uh, it, it for approximately one cycle. <laughs> and I'll still go back to those songs and I'll still think they're kind of clever. And if I hear a song on the radio or something, I'll like it. But um, it's definitely had its influence over Japan. Like I... I can't listen to things like Yoasobi without thinking that it's just basically virtual idol music, but with a real singer who has a lot of versatility that she can kind of mimic that same 
speed and nonsensical, like that, not nonsensical, it's almost whimsical, that kind of flow that they have. Yeah, I'm not, I'm, I'm certainly not opposed to it. I just, I just don't understand it and probably never will. Yeah. And that's just, that's how it is sometimes. I don't think you have to. And I yeah. think that it, like, the live setting is also something that you kind of, I don't know if it, I don't know what the experience is like seeing a hologram perform. <laughs> but I mean, you can, pro- you can probably, you can probably get by a lot on the energy of the crowd, but it's, it's not some. It's not something I would go to unless like someone offered me a free ticket. I mean, I bought um, a virtual reality game where you actually get to see her play in concert, and I thought <laughs> that was pretty neat because it was like, oh, this is this is an interesting use of this because you you get a um, you take your like move controller, which is like a motion controller, and it magically turns into a a um, spring onion, like a leak. <laughs> That you then shake to the music. Okay, that's that. That is pretty cool. Yeah, there's a lot of fun stuff within the virtual sphere that that could come from like a lot of concert experiences could be enhanced with virtual type stuff, like glow sticks and stuff that work. Like I, I guess they have like those ones now that you can program for different songs, and then the whole audience has the same colors going at the same time where like half the audience has one color and half the audience has the other, as long as you're able to like give them one per audience member. Like they're doing that in like idol shows today in Japan. So like technology, man, I love technology, but I'm going way <laughs> off track here. Yeah. Um, I don't know how much more there is to talk about other than like Kakihana gets the engagement ring uh, or he's shopping for an engagement ring, which means his delusion has uh has reached critical mass as we were alluding to earlier yeah his debt um any other thoughts on these three episodes as we go into uh seven eight nine i just feel like we're building up for some serious disappointment for some people is it (laughs) it us are we the ones who are being disappointed (laughs) I, i don't know um how cringe is this going to be? How sad am I going to be if somebody like, um, you know, like, like Shibagaki gets another downtrodden thing happen to him? Or I don't know. Yeah. 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 Um. We're starting to see a lot. We're we're starting to see people make decisions that are going to are starting to dig themselves deeper into their poor decisions. That's a good point. That's a really good point. Yeah. I make good points. And we still don't know what the deal is with Mystery Kiss and why. Uh, is it this episode where we found out that. Is it just that we found out that Rui and Baba are dating, or did we find. Or Nikaido and Baba are dating, or did we find out more about their relationship? Because I feel like once you. That's all we found out. No, we found out, yeah, we found out they're dating. We found out Yamamoto says, like, keep, you know, continue to keep this under wraps because it's, you know, nothing, 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 nothing kills a burgeoning idol's career more than, like, having a dating scandal. Sometimes, sometimes. Yeah, that, that, Baba's, that, does, that does happen sometimes. Baba's rising star um, would present a problem for that yeah sorry i talked and, over you that's okay i've been doing that this whole time <laughs> and um 
also also like Nikaido is like she's like well I don't want you to be ambitious I don't want you to be successful like I like I like that you're not as um driven or popular as me which yeah not not a not it's not a super healthy dynamic dynamic we've gotten going we've got going on yeah but and Bob even, and even then like upward. <laughs> yeah and, and and even then like his defense of it is that you know he's he's still a man it's not you know it's it's not which, which is which is maybe a, which is a little strange event he's not like well i want to have a good career too he's like this is this is my prize yeah. fight too right I'm, i must do this because otherwise i've failed in society Okay, so that was in this episode. I just was making sure. All right, everybody. We uh, will be getting more into Odd Taxi next time, but lots of interesting stuff in these episodes. Nothing concrete as far as what clues are important or what clues aren't important. I think for now, we're just sort of locked into the interesting aspects of these different stories, which are all sort of like they feel like they're trending in a direction. Like, like it feels like we're headed somewhere, but we definitely don't know what the destination is at this point. Almost like we're riding in a taxi, which is odd. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, wow. At the end of the episodes, we like to say a short goodbye. And every time we say the same goodbye... And I'd like you all at home to silence your cats, uh, close all your windows, shut off your air conditioning, (laughs) wrap your head in tinfoil, and put earphones in to say it together with me. You guys ready? You know what we say? We say, Okashku, Ikoyo. Ikoyo. All right, we're going to do it one more time. (laughs) Yeah. Right, it's Okashiku, Ikoyo. All right, do you count to three? Yep. Three, two, one. Okashiku. Okashiku. Ikoyo. To me, it sounded perfectly synced up. To me, it sounded broken and sad. Hey, Riley. Yeah, Andrew. Do you want to make a podcast ad? I do, but what would we mention? So I think that we could probably put together an ad for a show called The Podcast Minds. There, but for the grace of pod, go we. You know, it's a podcast where we both pitch each other podcast ideas instead of doing one ourselves. Yeah, it's a podcast pilot pitching project. Totally. It's We should mention that it's a comedy show, right? Where we throw out ideas like... Getting weirdly deep into the themes of Jumanji. Is that one a podcast? No, no. Uh, I, I it's, a, it's a podcast idea that is actually a front for me to talk to you about hyperfixations I got. Oh, that's uh, most of the things that you hit me with. Uh, what about instead if we just talked about all the different ways you could do a rewatch of Lost? Oh, that sounds like you just did what I did, but <laughs> you said it in a positive voice. Okay, and along the way, what if we pitched ideas like, I don't know, Epic Rap Battles of Mystery, the Lin-Manuel Miranda podcast? Listen to the podcast minds. There before the grace of pod, go we on your podcatcher of choice on the Moonshot Network. Hi-ho! Hi-ho! Every Friday. Hi. 
Hi there, my name's Max Newland. My friends and I love anime, but you don't have to take my word for it. Hello, my name is Max Kostrak, and I have a confession today. I do love anime. Hey there, my name is Stevie Matos, and I love anime like I love yogurt parfaits. I watch it, I engage with it, and I think about it a lot. Give me a good bed of mechs, sprinkled with some harem anime, a slice of life, and some little dabs of a sports anime. Let's go. Mm. Now doesn't that sound delicious? Join us every Monday at the After School Anime Club, a podcast where we play fun games and talk through the anime classics of the 90s and 2000s. That's the After School Anime Club, available now on your podcatcher of choice. of all time this is champs in the making a pokemon bracket podcast where we take every one of these creatures in the pokemon video game franchise put them in a bracket together and find out which one the best one is starmie gives me like organic free range gluten-free like fidget spinner energy swallow can swallow a tire hole in one gulp ladybug looks like it is ready to give you so many high fives with each of its little mitten hands <laughs> i don't like weird ears face it's got a big testicle for a nose, for sure. I think Nido King's favorite beer is PBR. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Champs in the Making, a Moonshot Network podcast about Pokemon. Find it wherever you listen to podcasts or first at patreon.com slash moonshotnetwork.